0: i'm matt booker
1: i'm dave laird and i'm adam levin here at the top of mount chicago
2: all right adam levin episode 68 welcome back to concavity show everybody adam welcome back to the show man it is so great to have you again On the show, we had you last April 2020 for episode 53. Yep. And if we remember what was happening in the world at that time, it was like a month into the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. So we were all just like, what in the hell is happening right now?
1: Yes. We're not picturing the next uh, couple of years properly. Yeah. Maybe maybe
0: you could start out and just catch us up. Like, what have you been up to the past, like, two years of the pandemic?
1: Totally. I mean, the same thing is... I think I was up to that day pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, drinking, Writing. hanging um, out with Gogol, hanging out with Gogol, my bird, <laughs> hanging out with Writing. my wife. Uh, no, I mean we went we went um actually uh my wife, she teaches at uh she teaches at Florida and she had a sabbatical in fall of 21. Oh, nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we were we were in Europe for like 6 months um from like summer like i think like about june of 21 till uh till january of 22 and then we just actually went back again um it's where she's she's from there she's from she's from paris so yeah go go there and hang out a lot in paris and otherwise i in mean, gainesville drinking at the tom petty bar and uh you know <laughs> drinking at the kitchen <laughs> and, uh, reading yeah. books <laughs> cool Yeah, I that's feel like great.
0: we were talking about Gainesville recently Dave and I think it was with you because we've had another um, guest on the show who did a PhD at Florida and that's Rob Short Yeah, oh, cool. and he has a lot of good stories about like uh, Paget Powell mm-hmm. and um, uh, Harry Cruz, yep. you know Harry Cruz was there yeah that's the bar um, too, that's the Tom there's Petty a really, bar yeah. and his <laughs> Biography uh, that was published a couple years ago is fantastic for Gainesville stories, Um, but it's it's really like more literary place than people might not
2: realize. When they think, oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. just Harry
1: Cruz and Padgett Powell alone, but but um, yeah, Yeah. man. I mean, and now Cami Borda, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, really, it's 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 uh it's pretty cool. Like Amy Hempel, taught here. Yeah, but you know, like the writers, like writers, sort of of my generation who were here was like Chris Adrian, Jeff Parker. Oh, um, Chris Adrian was in Gainesville. Yeah, yeah. I guess he was before I think San he was. Francisco he, he... or after. I believe before. You know what? Huh. No, it's weird. Actually, like I'm saying this, and now I feel like I'm off about this. Like he had Powell as a teacher somewhere. Oh, okay. I think it was. I think it was here, but but then it might. I think it was as an undergrad because he went to mm-hmm. Iowa. I think. I think Adrian went to oh. Iowa. Do you know what's happened
2: with with Chris Adrian? I haven't heard anything about him in like no. fifteen years. No, I don't know. No, I saw him do a reading in San Francisco. Oh wow! We just we just like happened upon this poster in a bookstore, on Hate Street that was like yeah. Chris Adrian reading in Buena Vista Park yeah. and he wore a dog costume and there was people in fairy costumes <laughs> and stuff. Cause it was for the great night. Oh, it like sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So it was for the yeah. Shakespeare um, uh, thing, but yeah, that's I, cool. but I, we're I,
0: here to talk about Mount Chicago. But anyways,
2: and, uh... <laughs> so Adam, you've got a new book coming out in uh, eight days. Yes. August 9th, called August 9th. Chicago. Yep. Yeah. So we get you a little bit before the release date, which is great. Yes. Let's try and get this out as soon as possible. So it's uh, f- fresh and people can pre-order it before that date. Um, we talked to you last time when you were on the show about bubblegum. Mm-hmm. gum, was probably maybe a weird experience for you because you didn't get to do a book tour. You had to cancel all your tour dates and yeah. stuff. What yeah, was, yeah. what was that like for you? Like how was the experience
1: of, of that book and how did that change? Like the reception stuff? Well, I, you know, it's always hard to tell what, what causes what, but, but I sure. <laughs> bubble <laughs> post talk or go propter hawk and all that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was like, it was weird. That was a weird one. Cause it, you know, it was a pretty good tour that was going to happen. It got canceled. Whereas mm-hmm. now with Mount Chicago, there's just not a tour. Like, so mm. it's uh, like, I'm going to be going to Chicago uh, in September. But other than that, I think there's not really a tour. Uh, so it's like, I'm going to do a virtual launch reading on August 10th uh, with seminary co-op. Uh, mm. Consume it listeners. If you want, it's uh, a, <laughs> It's Can a, we link it in the show notes? Can you send that us would a be great. link to that? Yeah, cool. absolutely, absolutely. Um, but uh, but no, man. I mean, like, it was weird. Yeah, the promotion stuff. I, I it, it was. Uh, I can't really tell because you know I started with McSweeney's um, and and those first two books. Like they were, th- there was a lot of energy. It was first of all a while ago. It was like 2010 and 2012, and yeah. so you know they they have at any given point one or two titles at most that that are new that are out and so um, you know whereas Doubleday is part of Penguin Random House and so it's like there's this whole thing it's like this you know huge machine and so like Mm -hmm. I was sort of like well this will be different now and it it definitely was but I don't know what's what's the New York publishing machine versus McSweeney's and what's uh, (laughs) what's what's uh, COVID and what's it just being 22 versus 20 Ten, you know, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. yeah. But, I, but I, you know, overall positive experience though. I mean, so it was just, so it, it was just the, the the negative was I didn't get to go out and meet readers, which is something that I really like to do because um, yeah. I just like people who read books. Um, you know, especially when I read my books, but, but, like, but no, really, I like, I like people who, you know, people who go to readings, they tend to be people who love novels. And, you know, this yeah. is like yeah. one of these things that defines a certain kind of person in a lot of ways at this yeah. point in history. Um, and I usually find that they're very fun to talk to. So mm-hmm. it was a sort of a bummer not to be able to do that. Um, yeah. but so why no tour for Mount Chicago? Um, because they're saying they're not doing tours really like it's like they want me to do like your publisher stuff yeah the publisher Mm -hmm. and like i think that most people now seem to not really be doing tours like really big names are doing tours and it's like but it's a different scene it's like you pay to go see them now and so that they're not really doing bookstore tours and i'm sure there are exceptions you know um but i think most people are doing a reading or two and uh you know at most and you know usually it's virtual (laughs) uh so yeah the
2: whole landscape
1: is just changing yeah
2: Yeah, they got this
0: thing called the internet now Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah
2: yeah yeah but it kind of sucks right well you're i'm gonna ask dave in a minute to try to
0: summarize the book for people who
2: (laughs) Oh, i was gonna ask you to do that matt great Uh, Great. uh, i did it last time for bubblegum
0: (laughs) but before we try to summarize the book and i'll I'll just read the damn summary that the the (laughs) publisher wrote because it's so hard to summarize this book but I have a question for adam which is that this is your third novel yes so inst- instructions bubblegum at their core they both have sort of juvenile protagonists Yes. and in this book you don't right you have a grown man mm-hmm. uh an adult <laughs> uh in this and in a yeah. lot of ways this book is a lot more of an adult book and really there are kind of two Twin Towers of the book, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Gladman and After Schutz,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Schutz, 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 sure. Schutz, Schutz-y? Um and uh, <laughs> if you like, I mean, <laughs> I, I. So I, I want to ask you about that transition. I mean, like you said, it's been a while, even since Hot Pink yeah. and uh, Bubblegum. Mm-hmm. After that, it sounds like you know the, that was a book that was in process for a lot longer than yeah. maybe this book was. Yes, and so what was you know, you're thinking there of saying, okay, I'm going to do a novel and
1: it's not going to have a kid protagonist. Um, I don't really think I did that thing. And you know, I should say, you know, bubblegum it's, he's, he's like a grown kid. True. I mean, he's like, he's true. a 30 year old man. He's just sort of a 30, kid. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: true. He yeah, seems juvenile, but I get yeah, that he is yeah. actually not a child it's because of the swing mm-hmm. set
2: bashing, right? Matt. You yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. A
0: lot of the, well, stuff. and the, that, and the yeah. little pet, I mean, and it just, it seems like, yeah, you know, yeah. He's younger than he is, but he's thirty-eight years. It's now. true. It's right. true.
1: And there's yeah. a lot of kid stuff in there. I mean, but yeah. but yeah, no. I think I don't think I made a decision to be like I will now write a book about an adult because I just don't make those kinds of decisions. I just <laughs> uh, I, I don't. No, 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 I mean, like I just yeah. I just sort of I start writing a thing and, and I see where it takes me, and you know, at yeah. a certain point, I'm like, oh, you know, obviously I'm, these are adults, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was there was there was nothing. You know, I I think that. I think that I'm pretty comfortable anywhere that my sentences take me. Um, that I, mm-hmm. if I, if, if I'm liking the sentences and I'm, I'm liking the voice, um, the rhythm. Yeah. That, then you're writing rhythmic. Yeah. Then I'm not going to worry about the subject matter in in that regard. Like I don't, I don't think about it that way. I, I see, I say my, my, my sentences seem to set the terms for me. Like what, what I write ends up determining what I will write. Um, does that, does that make sense? That that's cool. great like that, yeah, yeah.
0: But I would say for people who have read the instructions and or bubblegum, yeah. I mean, how, how would you say this fits in with like a sort of, um, arc of your work? Cause I think mm-hmm. it is very different and sure. you know, that's what I'm getting at with yeah. the adult characters. Yeah. You know, you can do things differently. Um, mm-hmm. and there's much more, um, I, I was going to say depictions of sex, but you've also got plenty of depictions of sex in your other books. Yeah. Um, but in a different way that this just feels much more, um, of the moment Mm -hmm. in a way that I guess, um, right. For me, bubblegum and instructions feel bubblegum is sort of futuristic, Mm -hmm. right? Like dystopian alternate reality.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, whereas this is, this seems like it is alternate reality, but it's much more of like an adult. It's it's rooted
1: more in right now. Yeah. And like what, what the world looks like now to a large degree, um, I think yeah, so I think maybe that's 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 part of what would what would distinguish it from the other two. I think also, I guess you know more than um, more than it being more than who it's about. I think it's uh, the the thing to me that that sort of sets it uh, apart from the other two is that you know it's third person, so it's like this is this is a very I mean I you know you can never tell like it. It always feels a little wonky to talk about like, that kind of thing as a writer versus mm-hmm. as a reader. But, but I think I do respond to first and third person differently as a reader. Um, yeah. And so for me writing it, I've written things in third person before. I've written stories in third person before that I liked. Um, but I was not, I was not necessarily um, aiming for that. Uh, I mean, like I said, I don't really aim for much. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I had to figure out how to do a third person novel um, in a way that it was mine. Um, yeah. and that was a lot of seems fun seems harder
0: well, i think it's just harder
1: i don't know if it's harder i don't know i don't know it's all really hard for me so it's like um, like this one i think uh, you know one, one of the things that that i liked about the third person was being able to was being able to jump to these different perspectives um, a little more easily um, and you sort of there, there was a there there's certain things that made me feel a bit freer when I was working on it and certain things that made me feel a bit more caged you know like uh but yeah overall I I mean I don't I think that I think that changes the the way the book feels and I think that that changes um that changes how it moves the book I think is like probably my fastest book um in terms of like like a
2: plot perspective like things happening I don't know if it's so much things like happening as like you're
1: turning yeah. the pages yeah and I mean I guess what it's one in the same it's it, it's like um I'm I, I felt like I was constantly whereas like with bubblegum for instance I was sort of my aim was really to pack as much into a long sentence as I could right was to like it was to make to get a sentence that accomplishes what you know, uh someone else's, you know, paragraph or chapter would usually accomplish. And with this I was like, no, I just want this to be lightning. Like I want this to go I want this to move quickly. And like every chance I could get I put down a period. Every chance I could get I hit enter twice and there's a white space. I was just like I just yeah. want this to pop, pop, pop and pop. And like yeah. so so that was that but that's the experience of writing it and I hope that's the experience of reading it. Um but but that was that yeah, was kind of so. yeah. yeah so so that's that's a that's the sort of opposite approach that I took to bubblegum really um and it, i think that was kind of deliberate that's when i got to the end of bubblegum when i got finished with bubblegum i thought man i don't want to write these really long sentences for a little while because i've been doing this for a really long time now like you know and i'm yeah. I, I can do other things i have the you know and and i want to do those other things that i like to do uh so yeah so, versatility as a writer really comes through in this book when we look back at that,
2: your previous work in that way. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. That's true. Well,
0: and I think um, uh, for people who have read the instructions in Bubblegum, in a, in a way, this, at least, you know, getting into this is very easy and it is very straightforward mm-hmm. in a lot of ways that, you know, it doesn't. Seem as daunting of picking up a thousand-page novel, even though this is like five hundred sixty F- something, five seventy-one, uh, I think. Um, um, but still, I think it is. Maybe by the time you get to the end, you feel maybe it's not as straightforward. But I do think right. it is. Um, it you're not trying to put a lot of uh, postmodern tricks in it. I mean, that was my impression. Mm-hmm. Even though there's photos in it, even yeah. though there is uh, some, you know, slightly different uh, elements. There's meta stuff in it. Yeah, yeah there's still, a lot of meta stuff. It just doesn't feel as – it feels more, like, realistic in some ways Mm -hmm. or trying to be – like, you're trying to get at something more um, real to you. And, like, once that takes off for you, then you can write it. And it seems like it's um, – you can tell where things came alive for you because the stories are – you know, the pieces within the stories are are great. Like, they go – on and on for for some ways, and, <laughs> but, but not in a bad way, like in trading, a
3: way that you
2: what's, what's the line, yeah. Adam? Like trading um, anecdotes, but mm-hmm. the anecdote goes on for 140 pages. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. Apter's talking about the five stories at the bar, and yeah. then his interlocutor's like trading anecdotes, huh? <laughs> but
0: actually, I wanted to ask about the anecdotes. I'm glad you brought that up because... Yeah. Um, so there's a character in the book who... He basically has like five anecdotes that he wheels out at various points in his life to tell usually a significant other, or like Dave said, someone at a bar and it's sort of like, here's anecdote number one about me. And mm. like, this felt very real to me that mm. like people do have these um, stories that they hold on to and they, it's almost like, experiences. Well, and it's also more like a uh, formulaic and that, like they've got a, they've got the telling of it down or they've told it so many times that it's like a stump speech. Right. Yes. But, um, also, isn't that kind of depressing, <laughs> right? Like yeah, it's your me, life it's story,
1: it, it all uh, depends. It all depends. I mean, it's certainly something I remember like when I was young and I had like a, a quicker mind, like I would, tr- I was able to track who to whom I would told what story. And I never, ever, ever wanted to repeat myself. I was like, yeah. this is a big deal. But then as yeah. you get older, first of all, this becomes harder and you sort of, you catch yourself. Telling someone, you know, I would never tell, like, I don't ever tell the same person the same story, but if you tell your story to friend X one day, and the next day you're hanging out with friend X and friend Y, and friend Y hasn't heard the story, maybe you catch yourself telling the story you just told to friend X to the both of them, and then feel like kind of a dick. So then, yeah. you know, there's like. <laughs> like I, and i don't know i'm not quite sure why that is other than that i don't like to bore people but like i, I think that um i think that a lot of people think that way and and um i think that with aptor and like his approach his, his his thing about the five anecdotes i think that's more in a way like those are pretty long like pretty pretty large anecdotes and I think there's a lot of room within. I imagine him being able to moderate them quite a bit. And I don't think I don't think it's so much like a stump speech. I have a bit of affection for Apter, um, and oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's a great a, character. Uh, thank, you, thank you. And he's you know he's a young man, and like he, um, I get the sense that he he tells stories to try to figure out who he is. Um, yeah. And which changes a it, lot, and his
0: stories change. His identity changes a lot, right. it feels like.
1: And that's kind of what each of the anecdotes, to me, sort of is. Is like, this is how he thought of his life, then he thought of his life this way, then he thought of it this way, this way, this way. You know, and this, this gets reflected later, I think, in Gladman's monologue. Um, I think that's sort of how Gladden goes at it. And I guess I, I kind of think that, that people in general, um, the stories they tell themselves about themselves uh often are very anecdotal and and i and i wanted with the book i mean i probably should have said before like one of the other things apart from short sentences and making it pop quick is i did want it to feel like and I, this is not just with this book but it's with the stories i've been working on it's with everything Is like I'm i'm very much lately into anecdotes like into just like beginning middle end like and stacking them on top of each other in such a way that they create a novel space and in a certain way like all novels that that i love when i when i think about them um they could be described that way like we can look even at you know you know it's no longer the podcast of infinite just but you could look at infinite just as this like it, it, it's like you know there are a series of anecdotes about a series of different people um mm-hmm. and the the through line the continuity is like actually the reader is often the one putting it on there for good reason not because you know Wallace or, or whatever the whoever the author is isn't getting the reader to do that but like it's not like a tr- like it's not it, there's not a novel that you feel like you're in a, in a in a tracking shot you know you're usually like you're usually hearing pieces you know like like you're you're hearing little bits of things stacked upon mm-hmm. each other and then you sort of draw the line between those dots um, yeah. And so I, I guess like what I was thinking was now I want to just, I want to get a lot of anecdotes down and like get get them as quick as possible to come across instead of trying to draw that line, um, like like getting the anecdotes there and then having the reader connect the dots. I'm getting a little mm-hmm. too abstract and probably having too much whiskey already, <laughs> uh,
3: but, but you know,
2: well, this exact same thing happened last time we talked to you where we jumped into like a lot of uh, specific details about the book and characters, and then we were like, actually, well, let's just tell our audience what is this book about like, right. like in a kind of a larger way, and then we sure. can go back and dig into some more things. Right. Um, Matt, Matt, how would you summarize this book for people?
3: Someone asked so me, what's this there, book about.
0: Uh, I've kind of already alluded to it. There's, I, I think there's two main characters. Really, the, the mm-hmm. main, main one is... Uh, this guy, Gladman, who is um, a Jewish comedian um, and he novelist. Uh, He is a novelist as well. He's a writer, and he uh, ha- is sort of the survivor of a really tragic uh, disaster that uh, happens in Chicago in the book and basically like kills his whole family. <laughs> um, and he has a, a cult following online. And it includes uh, this other guy who is the other sort of main character named Apter Schutz. And Apter is an aide to the mayor of Chicago, amongst other things. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> anecdotes. He's got uh, history as a social worker. Uh, he also gets caught up later with uh, Rahm Emanuel's brother, Ari Emanuel, who's uh The character from Entourage is based on (laughs) um, and runs a a company called Endeavor, real guy, um, as is Rahm Emanuel, as is Richard Daly, as is Obama. A lot of Chicago people who show up in this. Um, So there there is a lot of uh, different threads, uh, you know, as he was just saying, between these two characters that sort of converge around um, the other third pillar of the book is. On the cover is a parrot uh, named Gogol, and uh, I would say Gogol is maybe even a main character in the book. Like, yeah, that's s- possible. Takes up a significant portion, and Gogol is a she, I believe. Um, so that's a bit of a spoiler, but yeah. Uh, I, I I should have said <laughs> spoiler alert, but just pretend that I've read the whole book, okay? Just pretend that I've read the whole book, and uh, we can edit that out Yeah, later fake it till you, you make it, Yeah. Um, Anyways, the the bird is a very important part of the book. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's my Mm -hmm. summary.
2: Yeah, good. Okay.
0: What what Um, did I leave out, Dave? There's like a million (laughs) things I could say.
2: Sure, there's a a lot you could fill in with that. But yeah, there's like a catastrophic event that happens in Chicago that kills uh, a great amount of people. And this book, I think, is a lot about the traumatic aftermath of particularly Saul Gladman. Uh, trying to live life after the death of like most of his family members, and um, the mayor of Chicago is kind of a secondary but absolutely hilarious character in this book who wants to put on a benefit concert to raise money to create memorial for this uh, sinkhole event um, or Ter- terrestrial, uh, anomaly. Terrestrial, terrestrial anomaly. Terrestrial anomaly is another term mm-hmm. in the book for for like what happens downtown chicago just plummeting into the earth basically the book's not really about that event it's kind of everything in the book happens after that and and about the fallout around that event and how saul gladman deals with the trauma and how after uh ends up going to saul and trying to get him to perform stand-up comedy at this memorial event um yeah so those are those are the main like major beats of this of the story I think that one of the things that interested me the most about this book is the ways that I think it's for sure the most autobiographical of your work, Adam, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but it seems like you've kind of split yourself between Saul in a lot of ways and, and Apter in a lot of ways. And I see like what I know about your personal story, like mm-hmm. finding a lot of resonance with both of those two characters. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're holding up a mirror. Well, he says that with the two faces, characters. with yeah, the two faces, like totally. who's
0: the face of it, and yeah. then having your actual <laughs> photo in there. So yes, yeah, totally. Uh, did you ever consider just cutting that out, or you're like, no, that's definitely going in. <laughs> the, the the photos, yeah. the oh, the photos, and the part about the the face, like who's the face of it.
1: Um, no, that was not. That was not. I mean, I did. I, I I think I got to that. Um, I mean, maybe I was. Maybe when I got to that part, I was maybe having a bit of a crisis about where the book was going to go. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and then I, and then I think actually that really sorted it out for me. And I was like, no, you you know, like, uh, but no, no. Why do you, why do you ask you? You didn't like it.
0: No, no. I absolutely love this part. And actually I, I I highlighted a ton ton of it.
2: Oh, it's one of my very favorite parts of the book with the emails to other authors. And
0: yeah. Yeah. And you know, you say in there, this is a problem of like, um, you know basically, what do you imagine when you read? And right. you know, you say, like, if we're reading um, White Noise, which you know, I, I almost wanted to call Gladman Gladney, like Jack Gladney, <laughs> that, that's the author, right? And I'm sure yeah. that's not coincident. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, co- is not coincident.
2: The film of which is premiering uh-huh. August 31st um, at a film festival, right? Yeah, um, but like to, adaptation.
0: to your point, too, like Blood Meridian, when you're reading Blood Meridian, it's not the kid, it's not Judge Holden. It's Glanton that you know is, like, uh, closer at least to what the author, like, the authorial voice. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, like, Holden just seems almost like caricature. Mm -hmm. And, like, the kid is, like, this tightly drawn.
1: Kid has uh, no face. (laughs) Like, kid.
0: Right. It's no face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then you put in Infinite Jest to say, which I think is actually kind of controversial. and Even though we're not an Infinite Jest podcast anymore, (laughs) totally. Mm -hmm. i got to ask you about it because you put an Infinite Jest reference in here. Yes. Um, Direct mention. So, yeah, yeah. so we do picture Wallace on Don Gately and then you put Michael Pimulus and Oren in Kendenza, and I definitely can see Oren and I can see yeah. Pimulus but like I was surprised that you put Pimulus in there over Hal.
1: Yeah I didn't see it as Hal. I I, I I thought that the this I, and I mean look man I, I, I don't I don't want to get all like narrative science because I don't believe in any of that <laughs> shit but like I sort of feel like where where the sympathies go and like Who's being made fun of, how, and like what the sense of humor of the book is. Like, I mean, this is not like I would never like even attempt to write a term paper on anything, let alone this. But, like, <laughs> but, 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 yeah, no, no, my, my vibe was, was always that it was those three and that it, that it actually wasn't how. That, like, this, this was, um, there, there was, uh, yeah i i I don't know that that that, uh that but again it's not to say and like i think this is one of the one of the things that that the chapter in my book is sort of going for is like whatever the intention whatever wallace's intention was on these things this is where the reader does have a, a bit more authority right like a writer can say, "This is what I intended. This is what I meant. You have completely misunderstood oh. my work, et cetera. Et cetera. But um, he can't say, "You know, you put my face on the wrong guy." <laughs> he, like, like, it's like in your like, mind. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. No, no, no. Like, you, you like well, it. I get yeah. to do that as a reader. Like yeah, yeah, prerogative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's maybe a re- like th- that's maybe a place where his authority actually is a bit less than the reader's. Um, which you know and I'm a pretty I, I like the idea of the authority of the writer I like I like a co- I have a cooperative model in my head um, yeah for whatever that's, that's very I'm, Saunders
2: um, Saunders talks about that sometimes too yeah, right? yeah co-creating probably. with with the yeah. author and the reader yeah, yeah. Totally. so a, a great capturing of this what we're talking about here is on page 238 um, where you say however one thing that may yet be in need of sorting out depends who you ask I guess is the face problem we're having might be having that is according to camille who's mm-hmm. just finished reading mount chicago up through a portrait of the after shuts as young men the novel has a face problem a problem to do with who gets the author's face mm-hmm. so th- this is one of those very like meta textual parts of the book where you ref- reference the book and your wife reading it and a mm-hmm. chapter that the reader i don't think has read yet up to this point um and so who do we imagine when we when we look when we t- think about saul gladman are we seeing your face Mm -hmm. or do we see it on apter's right shoulders you know (laughs) um and then there's a whole hilarious section where you email a bunch of your writer friends about this problem and christian taborda responds and we talked about this with him on our last episode (laughs) the characters in literature don't have faces not mine or yours or anyone else's that shit is childish <laughs> <laughs> which he told us he never actually said that so you no, wrote no. that for him which is great <laughs> yeah. and then Salvador Plasencia has one where he uh, basically says to you asks if you're having some kind of mental breakdown or something um, and I was delighted to see Salvador in your book because I'm a huge fan of his too it's fantastic. Um, yeah. so that's a that's a whole great section and, thanks man could go in a lot of different directions
0: well and i wanted to ask you too because uh sometimes this is something we see with like first novels right where someone has an idea Mm -hmm. for a book and they put their whole heart into it and it's clearly them and then they're out of ideas Mm -hmm. and you know if they do it next their second book is often shit, and they're (laughs) you know maybe by their third book they found some freedom Mm in um, it and then you have other writers and one of my favorites honestly is john updike and like in every single john updike novel like there's clearly a john updike character mm-hmm. uh, um, maybe i'm I'm not going to go through all of his books but like pretty much there's him in that
3: mm-hmm.
0: so who we see when we read actually kyle beachy brought up this book that he teaches uh, by peter right. mendelson called what we see when we read mm-hmm. that has this problem with like anna karenina and you know for for you, uh, as a writer in these days, like how, how much do you want to disguise yourself versus how much do you want to say, no, when I am writing for myself, it's, it's the most real or most true. Like, is that true in your case?
1: I'm I'm confused. Ask, ask me the question one more time. So,
0: so I guess, you know, do you want to try to write something that doesn't have your face? Uh, that you feel like your face is is or better disguised. Are you trying to disguise yourself, or do you feel like no, you absolutely want to write, basically like have your face baked in there somewhere?
1: Oh, certainly not the latter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I mean I think that for me I the way I approach you know any any fiction and I mean even the way to to a great degree I approach you know interviews like this like I am not me. Like I'm, I'm entirely disguised. Like I'm, a, mm-hmm. like that's and not not to sound like all so I'm not. I don't have like some secret. You know, like I'm actually like a phenomenal basketball player, and you know, you guys should come see me. Stand up you know, comedian. Like, yeah, yeah. I actually do stand up. <laughs> like, but no, I mean all oh, this is t- like, You know, <laughs> that, Like I don't like like even you know the, you know Adam Levin in the novel. That's mm-hmm. not that to me. I'm just like I would never do that if I thought. Um, I, that's that's the narrator, Adam Levin. That's not the yeah, author yeah. Adam you, you know what I mean? Like I'm like this guy. Mm-hmm. The author Adam Levin is basically right now sitting here smoking a cigarette thinking about what he's gonna eat. Like he's really boring and there's no <laughs> so, so the the short answer is no, but 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 the but the longer answer is I like to fuck with it because I know that like I know that the way I read is sometimes I have that question too, Matt. Like when I'm when I'm reading a book, I'm like who you know, obviously like from from not Chicago you can tell it's like who is who is the author identifying with? What is, you know, where is the, where is the moral center of this book or where is the, you know, and, and, um, and I guess like, I don't think that that's always the right move. Um, and I think that I usually prefer books where it's not the right move. Like when I read, like, you know, I mean, any, any, think of any book, I like, like what you mentioned, White Noise. Like I, I love White Noise. I don't think that DeLillo is really glad. If, if, you know, sometimes I will, you know, put his face, on Gladneys, you know, for out of sort of convenience. Um, But, like, I remember, you know, just being a kid, like, and you guys probably remember this, like, you know when you're a little kid and you start reading fiction and really loving fiction, um, at least for me, and and a lot of people I know, you don't even pay attention to who the author is, you know? Like, you're, like, you you don't, like, literally, like, you don't know the name of the author of your favorite book, maybe. And, like, and let alone, you know, in those paperback versions, at least that I had in, like, the 80s, of like Vonnegut you know the like little pocket books or like or or of uh Salinger even I don't, I don't even know what they look like there's no photo and yeah. um I really miss that like I I I think right. that that's uh like I, I miss that feeling like I'm not trying to be like all you know nostalgic good old days kind of things like I, I think it would be kind of a a great thing for books if there weren't author photos and if there weren't Author bios, even like it's you know you want the name because you want to know who you know if you love the book you want to read something else by the person, but like other than that like there's like there's a there's a desire to kind of disappear um and just like have this object and be like you know this is my you know gift or whatever to to readers hopefully they will you know love it the way that I have loved books that I have loved um and but part of it for me is like most of the books I've loved. I've loved without knowing the author's face and I and I think that that has aided um that has sped my ability to to love those books in a lot of ways um so given that I'm that's inescapable now um I think that uh the best I can do is sort of blur my face and like <laughs> you know <laughs> if, if anything is, is like is, is make you know sort of a you know these nutsy claims about uh you know who you're uh you know ascribing uh, my face who, who who, you know whose body gets my head and like yeah. and just and is and, it vincy poor type <laughs> like, oh, look, from it's the like, instructions yeah yeah or is yeah. that camille's face on vincy's right or the readers
2: right, right that's a great part <laughs> thank you thank you yeah. so yeah. what i'm getting out of my sense yeah. this, from this conversation the last time we talked to you is you're like a diehard death of the author fan like you you, you ascribe to that model of authorship and I, the no, way I that readers that, okay. uh engage
1: with texts in but, a way I think it's the opposite. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Oh, okay. at all. No, 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 no. no. I mean, maybe not the opposite. Like, but no, I believe in the author, man. Like, it's not that at all. Like, I fully <laughs> believe in the author. I just don't believe. Like, like, I believe that when I'm reading a novel, what I need to trust, and this goes back to like this little kid stuff. I need to trust that there's a human being telling me a story that, that and that they're trying to say something, and they're trying to say something that literally can't be said in fewer words or in better words. Like, that's their mm. ideal. That's mm-hmm. the thing they're okay. shooting for. That's why they made up a bunch of lies, right? Instead of just telling me, you know, like, don't be racist or like, you know, like just giving me like a slogan, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and like they're, yeah. they, they, they're, they're engaging in an extremely complex exchange with me, the reader. Um, and I am, a, I, as the reader, am a huge part of that. I have to be listening. I have to tune into them and it give them sort of some level of the benefit of the doubt for a little while. Um, Which gets earned the the exchanges I give them the benefit of the doubt they provide me with some thrills and then we Mm -hmm. get to some place where where I get to think thoughts that I could not have thought had I not read that book and the author gets to think thoughts in writing that book that if he didn't imagine me there to begin with he couldn't have gotten to Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that's great. (laughs)
2: Good. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that before. That's good. I
0: think, Thanks. you know, an extreme case of that is like uh, Evan Dara, just total use a pseudonym and be completely right. anonymous. And people get obsessed with that of like, well, who's really behind that pseudonym? If the work is good. Right. Like if the if people really do want to know, like, who, who is this telling me a story? Right. You know, Um. I, I think. I was thinking before we did this interview tonight of uh, if I was in your shoes, if Mm -hmm. I were and I try to empathize with everyone who we interrogate on this show. (laughs) And I I think if I wrote a book, uh, published a book like this, like maybe I wouldn't want to really talk about it at all. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's some. I don't want to fucking be here right now. I don't (laughs) want to be here right now. No,
1: no, no. But but no, it's like it's like that's
0: yeah. But no, no, no. That that. It's embarrassing in some ways. It's like, it's. I think it would be a little bit like just super awkward to be like, okay, you wrote this whole fucking book, which I have now read, Mm -hmm. and I've spent like dozens and dozens dozens of of hours. hours, in your mind, mm-hmm. now tell me what you really said. It's like, I think you fucking right. read the book. Well, right. Go read the fucking no, book. So, I
1: don't so that's, the that's, that's like the whole, the comp, that's, that's sort of where the compromise is, because it's like, yeah, like, I certainly, and like, it was just like this from, from the beginning with the instructions, where I was like, I really, like, I'm not, I mean, you guys can tell, I'm not like a shy person. Like, that would be bullshit. Like, I'm not gonna play that card. No. Like, I'm not shy. But like, when it comes to my, I do take my fiction. My fiction is probably the only thing I take seriously, and like, <laughs> and so, so I and 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 I really do think that my fiction is like between a hundred and a thousand times smarter than I actually am. And it's like the, the the time that you know that that I put into it to make it smarter is just it's just it's it, it pops a lot more than I do in a conversation, and it's gonna and 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 I you know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make a book. I wouldn't, pu- I wouldn't let a book be published if I didn't think it said what I needed it to say the way I needed it to say it. And I know that I'm fairly inarticulate compared to my work. I'm deeply inarticulate. And like, um, it's like you know, I'm not saying that's not like a, a super braggartly thing. I think it's m- almost all writers that's the case. There's a few that I've met like so B. Oh, yeah. is I mean... amazingly articulate, but like most writers are, you know, a lot of writers are stammering, you know, goofballs. And like, um. And that's okay they're not talkers they're writers right and like i guess i guess what i'm saying is like the, the, there's, there's the compromise though which is like i do want people to read the book this is the the world we live in is one where you got to talk to people publicly about the book to get them to <laughs> read it and then and then and that's like that's like the sort of you know cynical you know complainy side of it but then the nice side is like i honestly I do like talking to you guys i like talking to people who read the book the only thing yeah. that makes it weird is the is that it's for public consumption right so it's like if we're in a bar if i'm at a bar and someone comes up to me and they know my work and they start talking to me about my work i'm like flattered as hell and i'm like thrilled (laughs) to talk about it i'm like that's great like you did you spent all this time thinking about this thing that i wrote like what did you think about i'm actually curious you know like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but in this venue right it's like you guys are the interrogators like, and of course you are like, I am mean, this. it's not a criticism. Like, it's like, you know, like you're, you're asking me questions about my book. Like you're not doing the, we're doing the show where we tell the author what we think show. Like that's not a show. Right. right? Yeah. So, so it, it, it's, it's, it's goofy. It's like, but so, so you're the guys I want to talk to, but I'd actually rather you be the guys I just listen to.
2: <laughs> you
3: know I mean? Well, if it makes you like, feel
1: any better, Adam, only like 13 people are gonna hear this conversation. That's, no, so, that's, so, that's, that's good. not
2: true.
1: <laughs> <It's> wonderful. <laughs> no, 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 no. I – I see. That's a problem. The, the problem with talking about this too is like it just sounds like it's it sounds ungrateful or something. And I really don't mean it. Like I'm having a nice time. Like, oh I yeah. I don't you know. I don't, I don't get that this at is all. How it is. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah,
0: and I think you know we see ourselves as like uh, we have spent time just like any other small publication like you build up an audience you have an audience we have an audience mm. and like we're trying to be stand-ins for them and ask you questions that you know maybe they would like obviously you can't we're mass communicating you know we can't have 500 people asking you questions i understand so it's just the
1: two of us um (laughs) no it's doing and it's doing me a solid this you guys by doing this someone at least one person more than would have been will be interested in my book and we'll and we'll read it and that's fucking awesome (laughs) no i'm saying that's not a small thing that is that is our hope yeah someone reads your book they spent they're spending 20 hours looking at a thing you made like, yeah, so, paying for it too. Like, I mean, but, but, but separate from the paying for it, it's like, that, you know, it's, it's a big deal to me. Like, it's, a uh, you know, yeah.
0: so that's, yeah. well, We love having you here. It's a very meta conversation, <laughs> which, which Dave, sure is, yeah. Dave might have to edit out later. But, um, and, and, you know, the other thing is like, you're, you're going to be in the middle of this promotional tour and like, we don't want to ask you questions that everyone else is going to ask. Sure. Um, but, also some of those are sort of unavoidable and it'd be mm-hmm. awkward if we didn't mm-hmm. um like <laughs> people are going to ask you about chicago right? Sure. like this yeah. has got the word chicago in the title of the book sure does. and in a in a way there's a, you know there's some chicago landmarks in here bars politicians uh physical places you spent a lot of time mm-hmm. in chicago so tell us did you grow up in chicago how long were you there? What is your feelings about the place now? Um, just give us your your Chicago like one hundred and one.
1: Chicago one hundred and one. I mean, like, okay, I love Chicago. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, two different suburbs till I was in Northwest suburb and a North suburb, North Shore suburb till I was uh, seventeen. Then I moved to the city, and then apart from uh, going away to grad school in Syracuse for three years, I lived there till I was. Uh, how old am I now? I lived there till I was forty-one, or forty. So I lived there a really long time, and I lived yeah. pretty much in not in exactly the same neighborhood geographically, but in the same neighborhood culturally. Like mm-hmm. so, it was like at the time, like when I first moved to the city, it was uh, it was '94, and it was uh, I was in Wicker Park, Bucktown area, and sort of that's where all the artists were, and um, you know it got gentrified. You know, Rolling Stone did an article about it you know it was like the co- the coffee shop i hung out at was where like liz fair hung out and urge overkill oh, yeah. and like you know like it was like it was real hip and then you know that sort of just kept moving south and west for the next yeah until i left basically um and like and it ended up about you know going going uh i would a mile mile and a half south and uh and really only expanding west No, it's by the time I was leaving it was expanding west quite far, but like by for the most time most part like you know eight blocks like a mile um and uh yeah, and so it was all the same people is what I'm saying it was like the people kept moving the rents the rents would go up people would go a little further, mm. so yeah, so it was like you know there's a few coffee shops and a few bars and uh you know. That's where I was uh, my entire adulthood, and you know, my late my my late adolescence and my entire adulthood. Um, I, I love that place, uh, and I miss it terribly. Um, hmm.
3: Yeah,
0: but you wanted to destroy it in fiction. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't destroy, I didn't destroy my neighborhood. But, That's okay. right, uh, Millennium <laughs> Park. Yeah. I love Millennium uh, Park actually too. No, 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 in a no, 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 quote, yeah.
2: miserable yeah. Yeah. fucking disaster. Yeah. I mean, miserable I lived in disaster. New York,
0: yeah. and I, I was you know yeah. living in New York on nine yeah. eleven, and you know everyone. It was funny like after 9 11 everyone was like well you know next on the list was you know we got this dam in our town over here and that, yeah. that was probably yeah. next on their list yeah it's probably you know they were sears tower was probably next on the list maybe, and uh, you know after 9 yeah. 11 it was like well actually you know the, the hoover dam that was next on the yeah, list yeah, actually yeah. it was it was the air force base we got over here outside yeah, of town yeah. that was probably next on the, it was a, ter- you know everyone was like everyone wanted to have an want- 11. right yeah. right it was like we, we yeah. could have had that happen to us yeah and so you know chicago hasn't had luckily yeah that i know of a terrestrial anomaly right right, uh, or a disaster right. Nor will of- it. nor will
2: it yeah. <laughs>
1: Will yeah. it, Hopefully, uh, not
2: a prescient prophetic utterance of,
1: uh, that this book has about that. Yeah. 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 No, I'll, t- I'll tell you though, and I won't, I won't tell you exactly what it was because that would be a spoiler for people who haven't heard it. <laughs> but the thing, the turn with Gogol toward the end, mm-hmm. that actually came true last summer while I was I away. have a feeling maybe, yeah. But, but like <laughs> okay. the book was yeah. way done in the can. Oh, I was done yeah. Okay. It. Oh, that's so what we so then I, st- I got a little freaked out by that. Um, yeah, but But, um, but anyway, I'm like, that you, you probably uh, should cut. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that out. Um,
0: and I, I have a running joke on the show where we say, I'll edit that out, and we never, never do it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, just it's just out.
2: funnier. So. Yeah. It's better entertainment nine <laughs> times out of ten to leave just it just in. Just to say,
3: well, will so. edit that out.
0: <laughs> Unless there's you know, a lawyer. Yes, yeah, for yeah. yeah, sure.
2: This is a kind of meta thing in the book. On page 263, you're talking about documentary film and um, that they hopefully reveal some like, pressing questions that somebody had asked the famous subject of the film before they died. Yeah. And Matt just asked you about Chicago. And so now I'm curious, like, what is a hard-hitting question that you've never been asked um, in an interview, but you wish someone would? You tell us that, and then we'll ask it. We'll the, the guys who got that—I don't think greatest I don't, question on record. I don't think
1: there are any hard-hitting questions, man. Like I don't like because theres, there's I have one. Yeah, oh, give it to me. Give it to me. I want the hard-hitting. Did questions. you
2: part Lake Michigan? Is
1: that? yes yeah, absolutely. That was
2: true.
3: That was
0: true. Well, I'll, I'll I'll set this up a little bit by saying there's, um, you know, a comedian in the book mm-hmm. whose material. Um, could be ripped off or ripping off someone else's act mm-hmm. uh and my question for you then is about plagiarizing mm-hmm. have you ever plagiarized anyone or been tempted
1: to plagiarize anyone
0: or has anyone plagiarized you
1: and you've been pissed about it as far as i know it's a no no and a no
0: fuck that would have been good
1: <laughs> yeah no i mean i think no. Yeah, I yeah I don't. I mean, I hope I haven't plagiarized anyone. I mean, like uh,
0: <laughs> not not consciously, not intentionally.
1: Right. I mean, I think my shit goes to weird enough places that it's that it's very unlikely. Um, but you know, who knows? I hope I didn't. Did you detect plagiarism, Matt?
3: <laughs> Should I worry
1: about? No, plagiarism?
0: but I'm running some software in the right. background, <laughs> and we'll get Jesus. we'll get back to you. Erkin, yeah. yeah, the PDF. We'll send you the report later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, here's a hard hitting question for all right, you. All right. What, what is behind your um, decision to spell fucking with an E? It's
1: funny, yeah. man. People, a lot of people have been asking me that lately. Um, I, think it's just, <laughs> I think there's, you know, part of it is I think it sounds a little bit more like it's spelled with an E. But, um, but, but mostly it's that I really don't like apostrophizing the G. I don't like mm. the way it looks. It, it looks funny to me. It looks funny to me. <laughs> if you like Texan. I apostrophe, That yeah, seems, seems like, regional to put an E it's in. It's like Faulkner of, yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it just, it seems, it, it, it follows for me. It's like, I, yeah I don't know it's like and there, there is there are some people that say like fucking you know and yeah, it's yeah. like it, you know but that's not as really, like a
2: stop guy instead of like um or something
1: yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah and I'm, I'm often one of those people I'm, I'm being polite now I just say, <laughs> I just say when, when I'm on podcasts I just say like a lot you know like sure. like like yeah um, but but uh but been. fucking uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, so yeah I, I think that's that's yeah it's, it's simply it's a visual it's a visual thing
0: yeah. all right um yeah there's a lot
2: of like there's a lot of funny malapropisms in the book as well like the mayor of uh, mayor of chicago is like hilarious for this throughout the novel like page one he's introducing don delillo at a public reading and he says don delilio yeah i think it is right um
0: that just straight up says Rama <laughs> Manu, Ram Manuel. Who,
2: who did that i actually you that. saw that yeah <laughs>
0: i had a feeling that was now that
2: that's don different than the mayor yeah. That's my one autobiographical is... truth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ram Emanuel says Delilio. <laughs> Delilio. <laughs> is that on YouTube? Could we could we like that? I don't show think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Fucking hell. yeah. Um
0: well I, I got to a section early in the book, maybe in the first couple hundred pages, where I thought, um, damn, does Adam Levin have a degree in social work? I was like, He does. This, yeah. This I do, is, sure. uh, clearly a lot
2: of psychology and uh, very specific kinds of psychology in this book
0: well i i, I answered my own question um <laughs> and to say yes obviously i don't think you could write like this about the practice of social work uh without having done it mm. and uh yeah. maybe even also been disillusioned with, <laughs> with it uh, uh or is that just a mixed reaction maybe there's a love-hate relationship with
1: there, social I have, work
0: practice there?
1: I have no hate for social work. I am, it depressed the shit out of me, man. I wasn't, I wasn't mm-hmm. cut out. Like, I think I was actually, yeah. I was okay at it. I was, like, pretty, pretty okay as a therapist. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for a young student therapist, like. Right, yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, it really, it, it fucked me up. And I actually, I think that's no. I think I, I, am. I wouldn't say I'm disillusioned with social work. I'm disillusioned with my, with myself practicing, with, with practicing social work for me. Um, but no, I think that I think social work. I think that therapy is uh, can be a great thing. Um, and I, you know, uh, particularly I think behavioral therapy is pretty effective, and I think is extremely helpful. Um, and uh, but the really the I book about therapy, this yeah. of the guy. Who's a who has a mortal fear of the state of Indiana? Yeah, which yeah, is,
2: yeah, is such a hilarious part. I was just laughing my ass off. That is so
0: great.
1: Good, good,
2: good. <laughs> Sol-
0: solves his problem, yeah, but yeah. I mean, th- what you're saying there about the effectiveness of the treatment? Yeah, I yeah. think that's what I was getting at with the disillusionment. Yeah. Because I mean, I highlighted this pretty severely because yeah. I think it's also you know a metaphor for what we were talking about—the role of stories and anecdotes—is mm-hmm. that he basically comes out and says. You know, there are studies that show um, the treatment administered by someone who's not even trained in social work can still be pretty effective Yep, for two people to sit down and just have a conversation with each other. And like talk therapy doesn't necessarily equate to like, I don't know, master's of social work degree. Right, right. Um, and, and really, how do you you know how do you view that now? Is that partly of what you're doing as a writer is that working through some of those you know problems of empathy or something of of listening to other people telling your own stories I mean what, what kind of process seems like there's a lot of overlap there
1: I mean maybe so like I don't know I have to, have to think about that for a moment. I mean, like empathy. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, empathy is like this this word that that I used. I feel like I used to know what it meant, and I forgot. Like, you know, what I mean? not yeah. not forgot. Like, it's it's sort of like it's become, especially as applied to literature. Like in in when I was when I was um when I was practicing psychotherapy, I I did have a, a much stronger sense of what it meant. It was this. It was uh, I could feel myself clicking into it or something. Um, but as a writer um, I just feel like I think it's I don't know like I get I, I get I get a little touchy around that conversation when it comes to to fiction I suppose because I I, think I remember that, that last time yeah that we talked like,
2: to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we I talked mean, about
1: this uh... I mean, I'll probably, I'll probably contradict myself because I, I have no. I mean, That'd I, be gr- I, that's I, great. I just, I mean, like you know, I, I'm, am an unprincipled, unethical man who has no real beliefs. Like, but, but, like, I, I think that, I think that with, with empathy um, in fiction, I think what it is is that that if you produce empathy in a reader for for a character, that can be a wonderful thing. But I don't think, I don't think of that as an end of fiction. Like, I don't think of that as like. There's a lot of talk of the point of there being a point to fiction, and the point to fiction being to empathize with others, um, for the sake of empathizing with others, and maybe that makes a beautiful world. And kumbaya, and we hug each other, and like. And I, I really don't think that's the case. Like, like I, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't think that's how fiction operates. Um, maybe it does for some people who've like read no books, and then they, the first five books they read, maybe it works like that. Um, but I think that that. Um, yeah, I think empathy is like a tool uh, I, I, friction, I, I, Well,
0: more, I more can relate that. to that. I mean, yeah. maybe I would ask you, flip it from the other yeah. way as a reader. Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, a lot of people have said like the uh, reading allows you to sort of jump over the wall of yourself and yes. into someone else's self yes. and sort of really identify with someone else. Mm-hmm. And that could be Indiana Jones, you know I mean? Right. It could be a choose-your-own-adventure right. novel. Yes. Um, and I have to confess what you were saying there about... Um, empathy is not being the really the, the goal of literature. Like, I don't know if this really relates, but like, I have never like cried at reading a book.
1: Hmm. I certainly and,
2: I, I have. I mean, but, but and, yeah. The Fault in Our Stars. Have you read that book? Like, yeah. Yeah. I and cried I get on it. a city bus. I get,
0: get it. Book. And it's sad. And like, there's cancer. And like, what if the kid died? Yeah, yeah. And like, to me, it's just a very different emotional thing. But like, I'll cry at movies all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. I can be manipulated by, like, a movie right. can manipulate me into crying me very too. easily. Me too. Yeah. But, the like, musical scores usually. Uh, oh my God. It's just like so. F- I mean, you're watching someone else, like, fucking die. Yeah. Like, that. that is like, you could be very. Driven, whereas I feel like with reading, I can always like put the (laughs) book down and walk away and like control my empathy. Much, I'm I'm more distanced just from the act of reading. Although I do love reading, especially a print book, where I am, I forget who I am for a while or what time it is or what day it is. Like, maybe that's a form of empathy is what I'm getting at. Like, yeah,
1: no, I
2: mean, now Chicago made me cry (laughs) uh, with laughter. (laughs) That's right. right. Dave did text
0: Um, me. He almost shit his pants. He was laughing so hard.
2: I don't know if I said that, but I think my spouse was looking at me like I was like absolutely on a psychotic break or something <laughs> i was just in the backyard just like i could, could barely breathe like tears streaming down my face all right maybe
0: i misstated we'll edit that out <laughs>
2: <laughs> not too far off though but the part was about shit matt so that's yeah, probably that's where what got mixed about up. uh having diarrhea at jewish daycare that's, that's,
1: um yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. i mean S- Yeah, I mean, I would just say, like, regarding the, you know, sort of last little thing about the empathy things, is I think that it's, I think that it's really like what it is as a tool. I think there's a thrill to empathy, and I think that's what makes it kind of dubious as as a, as a, as a moral end in a lot of ways. But it's also what makes it really fun in fiction. What makes it really useful. Like, I think that in fiction, as I was saying earlier, like, you want to get to a place where you can think new thoughts. Like, I think, I think all art, that's 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 kind of the ultimate feeling for, for me yeah. at least is like mm-hmm. I am able now to think in a way I wasn't able to think before not not new thoughts like like I said not like slogan type thoughts like you actually like there's some new matrix that you can see and like I think that empathy sort of like can can lead you into that if you empathize with a character especially a character who's extremely you know foreign from your experience or something um, who is going to charm you in a way that you would like to think yourself resistant to being charmed say um Uh, you're it it opens it opens you up to new kinds of thinking to like like actual like new leaps in logic or something um, that you that you weren't weren't really available before I I think so I think that's why empathy ends up being really important in fiction and really central to it but not um, but but it's it's more like it's the it's a way toward a thing rather than the thing I don't know if that that makes sense Yeah. yeah
2: I like that do we want to do uh, like a reading or two from the book, Adam? Do you have a section of the book that you want
1: to read for us on air? I, I could I I could I th- I thought about it because I I worried you might ask so I th- so I found one um, so yeah yeah I'll do uh, maybe I'll just do the start of the mayor the first mayor chapter that's alright just do like sounds just like crazy. a like a you know three quarters of a page so it's cool however long you want sounds right. good. So, uh, all right, so it's from the, this chapter, Politics in the Chicagoan Language. Uh, it's the third chapter, and uh, as we've talked about, uh, this uh, sinkhole thing, the, the ground underneath Chicago is just opened up um, and sucked in downtown. Um, and so now we're going to be in the mayor's point of view. So, <clears throat> um, politics in the Chicagoan language. No one from the mayor's office ever said sinkhole, except for one gal just once over internet. Our thoughts and our prayers are with the families and loved ones of the victims of the sinkhole. By the end of the workday, that gal had been shit-canned. The mayor liked the gal, too. Liked the gal a lot. The gal didn't get it, though, the problem with sinkhole. Or acted like she didn't. One or the other. Same difference in the end. She either really didn't get it, in which case, incompetent. Or played dumb when he explained to her, in which case, fuck you, because at least have the dignity. Sinkholes were for Florida. They made you think of swamps, and they made you think of armpits. Swampy armpits. Meth, opossums, thrush, and swamp ass. (laughs) People in mourning did not need that. People trying to sympathize with people in mourning did not need that. Not in the least did the city of Chicago need that at all. And thereby, and therefore, gal shit-canned. You know how many hands he could count the regrets on? He could count the regrets on exactly no hands. For a week or so, they said the seismic event, which was sufficiently solemn and sciencey-sounding, sure. Except then it began to seem too earthquakeian for the mayor, maybe only to him, hard to know for certain, epistemical roadblocks and so forth. But who hears seismic and doesn't think earthquake? The way the mayor saw it was that the way that the people saw it was where once there was an earthquake, there will probably again be a whole other earthquake, and probably sooner rather than later. People were negative. People needed hope. The city needed to heal, and then it needed to grow, always needed to grow, and it hadn't been an earthquake. Basically, what it had been was a sinkhole, so inaccuracy too. <laughs>
0: uh, it's short sentences, you know, those, what you were saying with the cadence there. There's,
1: There's a real
2: staccato way real that the mayor sentences. specifically talks right. in that I loved reading. Yeah, Thanks. Uh, Thanks for they, that, Adam. That's great. Thank
0: you. And, and that did feel very... Uh, real to me the way that uh, politics especially municipal <laughs> yeah. level would you know th- overthink um, a press release for mm-hmm. uh, actually a really huge event oh, that was awesome yeah.
2: and I love the, imagining that the stuff that you say about Florida there is pretty well informed by your personal experience. <laughs> that was actually
1: before I even knew I was moving to Florida. Then I wrote that. Oh, show. is it? <laughs> yeah, Those oh, are the stereotypes of the Chicago boy from Florida, man. It, it, Chicago boy yeah, in Florida. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm still not sure what swamp ass is. I mean, I think I can imagine, you know, but 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, swamp ass terrible. is a word that
2: I would hear and say Adam Levin invented that word. No, no. no. <laughs> that's, I've, I've that's a real ass. thing. I've heard swamp ass. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's common I mean, in Texas where the humidity is high as
1: well. Okay, then I think humidity. if that's what you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: We talked last time about your love for profanity, and, and you've m- managed to mash up a lot of great words together to make new profane terms. Uh, so that strikes me as something that you would have created. Uh-huh.
1: I appreciate that. I, I wish I had. I <laughs> do wish you? I, had. I do. I do. I don't care. Okay,
2: okay. I don't know if that was a compliment or, or uh, a, I hear observation. I hear a compliment. <laughs>
1: profanity. I love profanity, man. Profanity's is good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's this really amazing part um, in the book that captured for me so well what it feels like to do this thing that we do with, with a show about books and talking to authors. Uh, on page 424, after is is sort of thinking about the way he tells these big stories um, about him, his life and and it says simultaneously then he had to while telling the anecdotes guard against colon and then four points one appearing sycophantic two appearing falsely flattering slash ulteriorly motivated three appearing too concerned with appearing sycophantic or falsely flattering slash ulteriorly motivated and four sounding slight or disrespectful in the course of deploying the narrative and rhetorical strategies that ostensibly guarded against items one two and three Hmm. and so like when we're talking to authors matt i'm thinking like i like like in your case you're a writer who i've read a lot of your work for a long time um obviously you wouldn't be on the show if we didn't like your work but how do I not appear sycophantic about that and falsely flattering about that, sure, and then sure. coming off as too as as trying to avoid those things and appearing, you know, like so? You that's a, that's such a, a lovely capturing of like a personal experience that uh, that I've had in doing this, and I just thought it was like that snappy. Matt, does that um, that section resonate with you? In that yeah, um, at all? I yeah.
0: mean, I also thought of it like what Adam was saying earlier about um, telling the same anecdote twice yeah. and I had a professor who I really loved as I took like a lot of the same professors more than once and yeah. there's one particular professor who like if you took him more than once you're going to hear the exact same fucking stories over and over mm, right. and it's like uh, they were very compelling but he had like five stories yeah. you hear yeah. them again and uh you know there it was really sad I think when people um Couldn't tell their own story in a different way. Uh, And I definitely struggled with that too, of like, um, I don't know, appearing, because I think it makes you appear like slightly dumb or less intelligent, (laughs) right? Like if you're sycophantic or if you're um, repeating stories or like it's disrespectful in some ways. And so I, I do worry more. Appearing that, and then like, even now, yeah. like, I'm very yeah. conscious of I'm talking too much. I'm like, Shut the fuck <laughs> up! Like, what are you talking about?
1: Um, that's healthy, man. Those are those are those are all healthy neuroses, man. Um, like, I think, okay, yeah, if you're yeah. worried yeah, about yeah. it, you're I probably so. not doing it, you know? Yeah,
0: so, uh, one other little question I have for you this totally, um, not unrelated, but uh, since this book, um, has come out between Bubblegum and this book you've published some stories in the new yorker yes and you alluded to earlier about um, some stories that you're working on now do you see yourself as writing stories and seeing what comes alive for you as a novel or like pretty happy writing a bunch of more stories
1: oh man i just write whatever i feel like like right now like you know i don't really like to talk about what i'm working on because I, I just make it bad for myself by doing yeah. that
0: i'm um, not i'm not even asking that yeah i totally get it no
1: i know i know I appreciate, I appreciate like but 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 no man i mean like i Like. i'm sort of i'm bouncing between things right now so it's like i work every day and it's like i'm sort of this this is how it's been every every time i finish a book so it's like it's and usually around because i finish this book like uh what like uh shit man my, my sense of time is so screwy because of covid like i think yeah like <laughs> no you know I'm, I'm done i finished it i finished it on 11 Oh wow! so um wow. like uh for people who
0: don't know the in the book eleven yeah. seventeen is the big yeah. date it's like yeah it was
1: kind of cool it was really it was really not like i was aware of this thing happening like I really you would think that's crazy, that's but strange like, man that's right, really right. weird it was, it was pretty cool it was like I was that's like low oh, odds I was like holy shit like I was like um but uh but so that was like yeah so that you know and so it, yeah it's usually around now like sometime between a month before now and a couple months from now where I'm like oh this is this is the thing now this is what I'm gonna work on so I feel like it's you know I work on a bunch of stuff and one of them rises up and uh, I'm about to get there I think so uh, but but so it might be stories (laughs) and it might be a novel like like it's it's that's that's yeah the short answer cool yeah yeah. I also had a very like
2: meta life moment reading this book I was at a bar reading which is not something I ever get to do with two children but my family was out of town Mm. and there's a part in the book where Aptor's at a bar reading a book by an author that he really likes Mm. and I was like okay I read like 37 pages while I was here at this bar. I just I did the math. It was a 16% chance odds that I would have read that section at mm-hmm. the bar versus the other, you know, 84% of the time reading this book where I wasn't at a bar. And I just have <laughs> to read that section when I was <laughs> at the bar. Like, it was just like, this is kind of free- weird. Yeah, and in yeah. that section, there's also a Hunter S. Thompson reference. And the bar that I was at is a place in Victoria that is a '70s Vegas themed Hunter S. Thompson bar. Nice. <laughs> like, there's his books are all around the place and stuff. And I was like, "What is happening right now? <laughs> this is so bizarre. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I love yeah, that. it's fun." Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I want to get to some bunch of I have like. Um, we're halfway through my questions. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I want to ask you if you have any any final thoughts, anything else that you would um, points that you would like to make um, about these characters in particular, um, Gladman and uh, Schutz, uh, or if there's something you know obvious that we have uh, skipped over.
1: Well, I mean, we didn't. I I don't think I. It, I mean we didn't talk about the bird. <laughs> but like bird. but that's okay but but we don't but, but I don't I I don't I don't have a I don't have an agenda. I had a nice I, conversation I, so. <laughs> I actually do have
0: a little question about the bird because yeah, i yeah, I consider yeah. myself like a, a a bird um person. Like I really? love birds in the in the wild. In the wild. Okay. I've never had one that's as a cool. pet. Yeah. Um but I have um You really shouldn't
2: either. <clears throat> uh, really <laughs> Yeah. The cage cleaning alone in this book makes pretty my, my next you know, door neighbor had off. one. Yeah. My next door neighbor yeah. right
0: back here had yeah. had a, a a cockatiel named Ike mm. and I mm. could hear Ike often from yeah. the next house over. Yeah. And I could talk to Ike like through the sure. house uh, sure. and and he um he had a was huge a cockatiel cage. Or
1: a was it was it was all gray. white or was it Which small? Is- was it was it tiny or was it like Sort of like, like an the size African of your forearm. It was big. No, Which that's one is cockatoo. the bigger? That's a like, cockatoo. Like red cockatoo. on top, gray yeah. body. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. There's cockatoo. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are wild. I don't wild. know. Hell, um, man, they're cuddly too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, they're
3: <laughs> but I, I do yeah, have yeah,
0: an. Yeah. I totally and like yeah, uh, yeah. just didn't even spend that much time in the cage throughout the day when the yeah. owner was home and stuff. But I have an affinity for birds, especially smart ones right like pros. and uh, my mom grew up next to a house where they had a minor bird and the minor bird was brilliant yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah uh and it really did feel like because they could seem so intelligent that it would be like a member of the family yeah Um, right and so i want to ask you about that sort of split between you know birds as most people experience as wild animals versus Mm. like
1: Domestic An kid. animal in your house. Yeah. yeah, it's totally fucked up to have a bird as a pet. I would never do it again. I love, I love Gogol. Like, I'm like very like, I'm I I like, but I I actually, and I'm not like a very guilt ridden man. If you haven't picked that up, but like I I feel guilty pretty much every day. Like it's it's it, it's like he's like it, it's when I got Gogol, I really didn't i i was i'm a sort of like a late late bloomer in uh in terms of uh realizing that animals are actually like sentient um which is it's ridiculous to me now like it's it's really it's like it's 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 sort of frightening
2: yeah this whole thing like sidelined the instructions <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it really did it <laughs> side-lined the instructions for like three and, months and, when you're <laughs> yeah and and no no it did it did and 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 the thing is, yeah, Google is like, uh, he, yeah, I, th- I think Google is a total is 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 aware of things. I mean, understands the world in ways I don't, you know, and obviously vice versa. Um, but is, this is a wild animal. This is not a thing that should be kept in a in a cage. Yeah, I'm like, like it's, it's not. It's not. I'm not like judging people who do it because I always feel like if I did it, then probably other people even have better, you know, better reasons. But like, I would never do it again. Like, it seems it seems totally wrong yeah. to me. If I could set him free and he wouldn't get killed instantly. I would do it, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I would be very sad, and I would miss him. But but it's like, uh, yeah, not to be real depressing. But it's like I'm I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty anti keeping keeping um, wild animals as pets. I think it's I think it's insane. Yeah, I, gotcha. I regret that I did it. Like I, I, I like oh. I like mostly for his benefit. I'm I he makes me yeah. happy. I see him every day, and I'm like, ah, it's Gogo. my you know. And then I'm like, God, you like don't get to fuck. You don't get to fly around. <laughs> no, 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 really. It's like it's a crazy thing with you jizz know? with yeah. jizz packets. Yeah, yeah. There's jizz. three types of sperm. Yeah, yeah.
2: There's some interesting bird anatomy stuff yeah, in this book that yeah, I yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean it also the yeah. book makes it seem just like a lot of work and like not mm. just physical <laughs> work, but cleaning. like just just mental work too. Oh, yeah. Like percent wor- worrying about like just yeah. the mental load of like this this bird's well being. Yep. yep. I mean, it's a very high maintenance project. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, They're not. Yeah, it's because they're not eh. supposed to live in a cage. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, it's really, it's really, it's a crazy thing. But, but, uh, but, yeah, no, he's, he's. uh, But I also, at the same time, I think like Gogol, you know, like whatever, like realistically, like uh, you know, you have a bird, like you've raised the bird from when it's small, like it would be completely disoriented and not happy in the wild at this point. But that doesn't mean that he should have been taken from there. I mean, he he wasn't. His mother was, yeah. you know. But but but, uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. And, then, a and the, in Austin,
0: there are a lot of like wild um, parrots in Austin mm-hmm. that people are like, oh, someone lost this pet, and it's like there's thousands of them um, that are these oh, yeah. green right. parrots that breed. Well, yeah, and then
3: yeah, yeah,
1: Are they ringnecks over there, or are they Quakers?
0: Mm. Mm, I, I don't know. They're green. Uh, I'll have to. Yeah. Sh- yeah I, I don't know but people have released them and then yeah. they breed and uh, yeah. and it's they get recaptured cuz people think they're pets right. and they're like oh I'll, I'll bring it back and yeah. I have a friend who's a vet and he deals with a lot of birds and monkeys oddly and like they're oh. just terrible He's like, it's a terrible pet. Like, don't, don't a monkey, monkey. A monkey is, is the most <laughs> evil thing uh, to uh, keep as a pet. A monkey. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's a fucking primate. Right? Yeah, know, it's, insane. Primate it's insane. It's insane to do that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Like uh, that, Yeah, there, those there, things. There are people who yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, anyway, it's it's yeah. That's just wrong. Yeah,
0: I, I seem like um, I'm I'm down on it, but I actually think it's really sweet relationship uh, with the bird. In it, of course, seeing it, it on the cover totally. of the book, I yeah. you know I think I probably talked to dave about this it was like it's um uh wallace reference because there's in the room of the system oh. there's vlad the impaler a talking
1: there. oh there is vlad the impaler that's right that's right yeah and
2: yeah. is this image your google on the cover no no no, no it's not it's not that's a different no brand. no, no they really image, okay. yeah yeah really, yeah it's a stock <laughs> gotcha.
1: image you really surprised me with it like i was i was really happy about that cover like that wasn't what i was mm. picturing and, and uh and uh yeah, no, no, I love I love the cover. Um, and I think there's some weird, like, uh, visual stuff that goes along with bubblegum with it, too, that I, you know, I don't know if I'm just imagining yeah. you. Know, it's like, yeah. Camille pointed it out, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's like, I got I got two covers with Yeah, like, the templating's very similar, right? You, yeah, 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 there's, like, there's one central Like, image. the images on the bottom left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one's an egg, the other's a bird, you know, even though the first one's oh. not, you know, like, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really... kind of cool, yeah, so...
0: Uh, I was wrong about Austin. It was monk parakeets.
1: That's my. That's goggles. Those are goggles. Monk parakeets. Yeah, that that's We're a wild parrot. No, but, the, but monk a monk parakeet, parakeet, parakeet is the exact same thing as a Quaker parrot. It's a different. It's wow, a different wow. term. Yeah. So so you're seeing a bunch of goggles flying around.
0: That's crazy. Uh, I mean, and they're yeah. they're not super big. Like you can hold them. Yes, you hold
3: them in your palm. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, like a baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they. It says they. They're. They. Look tropical, but they're really not.
1: They're not. No, they're um, wild. They live in Chicago too. They live in the wild in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're amazing creatures. They're from. They're from. They're from the Andes. Yeah. They're the. They're, I'm. I'm. I can yeah. dork out on South them. America. Yeah.
3: Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: They. They. Yeah. <laughs> they. They survive Chicago winters and they survive in Austin. Like, just think about how crazy that oh, yeah. is. Like, an animal that's not yeah, adaptable. It's, it's basically a human being yeah. or this parrot. Like, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's pretty remarkable. Like, yeah, they're really smart. Yeah.
0: So that's the bird part. Um,
2: yeah. There's a great part um, on 399 where you capture like the high maintenance <laughs> of having a bird like this, mm-hmm. um, where Saul is thinking about why him and his wife Daphne even had sex in uh, parts <laughs> of their apartment, and the answer was Gogol. Daphne was shy to fuck in front of Gogol. <laughs> Maybe Gladman was shy to fuck in front of him, too. Either way, that was it. That was the reason. They'd only ever fucked in sight of Gogol's cage when the cage was covered. The couch and the kitchen were in sight of Gogol's cage. So the first thing he'd do when he came through the door, he thought, as he came through the door, was cover the cage. He'd cover the filthy, intolerably disgusting, unhygienic cage that he absolutely had to clean within the next day or so. And Gladman lost the spirit, (laughs) i.e. in his pants just like that in your in in your your pants pants. (laughs) i love it that's hilarious i
0: think maybe it's because also like birds are the closest relatives of dinosaurs is that there's something really like ancient and deep within them and Mm -hmm. like this like i said this minor bird that my lived next door to my grandparents where my mom grew up it was a very old bird it'd been there for a long time Mm -hmm. and it, it could occasionally just come out with stuff that you know, very good mimics, mm-hmm. um, but it would have weird memories and come out with stuff. And it was just sort of like a thing that can talk to you in your house. A lot different than having a cat or a dog. Yes, I think that yes. that that, yeah. that language piece of it um, and, and really that just unpredictable nature of like, what, what are they doing?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, cats are pretty weird, too, in my experience. Dogs cat. are pretty
1: predictable. Cats are cats. extremely weird, but they're not really expressive. Cats are, yeah. like, you get the vibe from a cat that a cat is doing exactly what the cat wants to do at all times, right? Yeah, And, totally, like, yeah. you know, and dogs really are made to be with humans. Like, dog, like, like at this point in their, in their evolution, like, they're fucked without us in a way. Like, they're, they're, they're <laughs> they <laughs> lovely. Dogs love people. Like, dogs, dogs really yeah. do. Like, their, their nature is to love people. Like, it's, it's not, like, yeah. you have to train a dog to like people like they just like people and whereas birds do not like birds have to be you know handled from the moment they're basically out of the egg um to not be afraid of people and then they're still afraid of almost all people um yeah yeah and cats you know whatever cats just think they run shit cats are just crazy they're egotists um but uh well rachel is like extremely ornithophobic my wife, she really? does not
2: handle being around birds well at she, all. Is she scared they're gonna bite her or shit on her or what? Bite, claw, uh, di de- her. Oh, like, and an, like any any proximity to birds, like Hitchcock. wow. Yeah, she she has a real thing. It's it's I quite mean, something. There's some birds you look in their <laughs> eyes;
1: they're pretty freaky. Have you
0: ever yeah. done one of those things where, like, the aquarium or the zoo, where you can feed lorikeets and like? <laughs> lorikeets so love like, sugar water yep but they're yep. crazy and like yeah. i did this thing i think it was in the oregon zoo where you could go in with like a little cup of sugar water and like lorikeets would just swarm on you and <laughs> it's it scared the bejesus out of me because these things were coming in like a hundred miles an hour and i thought yeah, i yeah. was gonna get injured uh, yeah, and i mean they and they were trying to like kill each other to get to this little cup of like yep. sugar water yeah um, any anyways Thanks for being here. Uh, We're at time. I think we're out of time. Uh, Matt, who
2: is this book for?
0: Who is this book for? Who
2: is this book for? Who's gonna love this book?
0: People who love uh, literature. People who are really good
1: answer. Good answer.
0: (laughs) People who um, have have read Adam's stuff in the past and dug it. People who have never read Adam Levin. I actually think this would be a good entry point. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Um, And people who love. Chicago, I think Chicago fanatics will pick it up because it has mm-hmm. the word Chicago on it. People who love um, uh, Monk Parakeets uh, will love this. And, you know, people who Jews, I think Jews. like uh, Jews for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Jewish people will love this book. Israelites. Uh, yes, the And Israelites. there's uh, – I would say if you liked uh, David Foster Wallace, you will like Adam Levin.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pop cultural references, There's a lot about musicians, there's a lot about bands, there's a lot about comedians, there's a lot about other literary figures in this book. That stuff alone is very grabbing. And then it's so funny, as we've discussed, and it's also really poignant, like there's, it's a really sad book. There's a lot of grief, there's a lot of devastation, there's a lot of addiction stuff. There's a lot of shit and drugs and abjection and so like usually those are the kinds of books that are my favorite or that you take these very extreme sort of poles of the human experience and condition and you put them into and you weave them together to create something that is complex and nuanced and depicts humanity as a messy species and so this book has captured all of that super well Adam we're so thankful to have had you on get to talk about it and thanks for taking the time to um let us try and uh help other people find this book thanks so much guys. lots of people I, do and um yeah, yeah. thanks for so where? I had a
1: great time talking this
2: is awesome funny. uh so we've discussed you you're not on social media but where can people find your work um, um we've talked about every, some of the places everywhere i mean like i would go
1: i would do bookshop <laughs> yeah. and you know and and, and uh yeah and do that Bookshop. and like, dot org. Uh, bookshop.org, you know, but also obviously yeah. Amazon, all, you know, it's, it's in all the places, all the bookstores. Um, and then, uh, you know, and I have a website, it's Adam Levin, Adam Levin.com, And that has like uh, links to a couple of stories I published recently. Um, and awesome. I think an excerpt, a lot
2: of things have happened, yes. uh,
1: was in the New
2: Yorker in December. Yes. And yes. you can listen to that. There's a yeah, recording there's of too. you yes. uh, narrating it. Mm-hmm. I listened to, to that earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, Camille just had a a new one in March as well Yes In uh, The New Yorker So you two are just Continue to be literary power couple Of uh, Gainesville, Florida Keep it up (laughs) Uh, Matt, where can people find us?
0: We are concavityshow at gmail.com Please email us with any questions or complaints Uh, Try to answer (laughs) your questions And handle your complaints discreetly Uh, We are also concavityshow on Twitter and Instagram um, so please follow us, like, subscribe, whatever it is you want to do. Um, that's it, Dave. You want to yeah. give any other uh, acknowledgments?
2: Yeah, and uh, we have a new patron this month, Abner Landis. Abner, thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, Matt, this is a really cool one. Abner is the author of Meiselman, The Lean Years. Yes. I heard who, good stuff uh,
1: about that book. Yeah. Yeah, So
2: last, last episode in the bonus episode for patrons, we were talking to Christian Tabordo and he recommended this as one of his top five books in the last couple of years. And, uh, so this name came in, it's like new patron Avner. And I was like, Hey, Avner, thanks for supporting us. We so appreciate it. Yada, yada. He's like, yeah, cool. Full disclosure. Uh, someone told me that you guys mentioned me on the show and Christian mentioned me, um, and then I like, Googled, and I was like, oh, yeah, of course. We just we just talked about it. So that, we had a really fun back and forth about that. And so uh, I plan to be reading that book very soon. And um, it sounds like it's going to be really much, really in our uh, sort of wheelhouse. Fit that.
0: with our Jewish fiction traditions on this show. Totally. That's right.
2: Well, <laughs> I'm, uh, I also started re- rereading the instructions this month, Adam. So I'm about a quarter of the way through that. Oh, nice. Uh, so I'm, ge- I'm getting my fill mm-hmm. uh, of this genre for sure. <laughs> alright so that's it alright thanks again Adam uh, stay My tuned pleasure. for the bonus episode for patrons uh, coming up in a couple weeks alright right.
1: now as I say into darkness I to be uh,
0: then we will ask you like any final thoughts and that's the signal to wrap up. Mm-hmm. And then we do like this other little brief bit at the end about five books. Cool. Dave emailed you about that. You're prepared yes. for that. Okay. Yeah, cool. I mean, I'm just going to
1: say, I'm going to give you five books. I like, Yep. Yeah. And and so, then we'll hit stop. It'll be,
2: it'll be 30 seconds long and uh, that's,
0: and we'll export it and we'll uh, go <laughs> and home and that's you all you got to do.
2: I love it. I love it. <laughs>